Afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world right now. Welcome back to not only the latest episode of the Reconnect with Your Teenager podcast, but the last episode for this season. Yes, if you are here, then you have made it to the finish line. This is episode 20, and I am so, so thrilled to be finishing it off with a bang with none other than Justina Bronski. But before we get into that, if you do not know who I am, what this is about, well, welcome. Welcome. I'm so pleased that you could be here. This is the Reconnect With Your Teenager podcast with your host, Emma G. I am a singer, songwriter, and musician, expanded into youth empowerment coach, using songwriting and music as a tool to help you and your teenager develop better communication uh, and a better relationship, really, making sure that you can find the verbiage and the energy to express yourselves honestly and authentically. But I am very well aware that, of course, this is not everybody's cup of tea when it comes to youth empowerment or youth development, nor am I the only unconventional youth worker out there. So Justina Bronski, she is originally from Poland. She lives in New York City. She helps parents with their teenage girls to build confidence, connection, and communication. How are you, Justina? Hi, Emma. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful to see you. Happy, you know, like, this. I'm so glad that summer's here and we're, 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 we're rearing to go. Tell me about, like, a little bit about where you, like, what your story is. You're from Poland originally. How did you find your way to New York City doing youth empowerment work? Well, so I'm here because I was at the point of my life when I realized that I'm not really on the right path. Everything that I was doing wasn't right. I was uh, studying marketing, completely not wow. into it at all. Yes. <laughs> you know, when I was a little girl, I was always playing, um, you know, being a teacher. That, that was my passion. That was my calling. But unfortunately, I did not follow that in my life. And that really showed uh, in my life. It really... I was very unhappy, really unsure what to do next. And my family was here. My mom was in the United States. And basically, I told her that I'm coming to visit her. But deeply in my heart, I knew that I want something. Yes, I'm (laughs) I'm staying. (laughs) And I'm going for my dream. And at that time, my dream was becoming a teacher. So I came here and uh, I'm super grateful for that experience because I actually learned what life is about when mm-hmm. coming here, you know, working full time, um, going to school full time and uh, paying for my own place was really like a wake up call for me. Mm-hmm. And that experience was something really meaningful. Um, and, you know, if you have that passion for something, if you really know what you want, it's going to happen. And that's what happened to me. I became a teacher and uh, I'm blessed. Like every single day I was waking up with a smile on my face because I love teenagers. I love the energy. I love how authentic they are. And I feel like we we lose it at some point and we put our mask. Um, so there was a beautiful <laughs> chapter <laughs> of my life. And But then after 12 years of being a teacher, I went to my personal journey. And that really opened my eyes. And that's when everything in my life shifted. 
But there was another moment when everything was going wrong. I really had problem with relationships. I I was really lost. Like I, I had passion for teachings, but on a personal level, there was something that was missing. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that I need to find it. So that's when I find a coach for myself. And that's when I did the journey of healing, journey of discovery of who I really am. And that really empower, empower me to really go for what I really want to do in my life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so, I mean, just that story alone brings up so many questions for me because as I'm sure you have experienced in the years that you've been doing this work, most people, when you tell them that your happy place is working with teenagers, look at you like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Because there, it's it's an age group, I think, that is so often, you know, judged as the troublemakers or the really difficult years. And why on earth would you want to work with somebody or with, with groups of, of people that are, you know, just so disruptive? You know, what was that like? What what brought you to finding the teenagers, you know, 13 to 17 year olds was your happy place? You know what? Uh, I feel like through my childhood, um, I wasn't really able to be who I am. I kind of had that belief that I need to pretend that mm-hmm. I'm not lovable the way I am. And that was a belief that was going from generation to generation. And um, working with teenagers, I feel like I was the right person because I have this ability to really see people for who they are i see things i I let people to be to feel seen to feel heard and just that natural connection but i feel like that that Mm. that's my journey of not being heard not being seen really make it like really uh possible for me to do it for other people that's beautiful it's that hits me in the feelings on so many levels just simply because and I'm sure you can um, relate to this in many ways, a lot of the young people that I've been working with over the last, you know, couple of years in particular, their biggest struggle that I hear time and time and time again is the fact that they do not feel heard. Mm -hmm. They do not feel validated. They do not feel loved, seen, acknowledged. Your specific approach is maybe a little I mean it's very different to mine but you have a program that's designed to facilitate self-exploration providing coaching and support and equipping teenagers with tools and strategies for a more meaningful life when it comes to feeling heard what are some of those like key tools that you know without fail is going to be really helpful for a parent and a young person so I think, especially for parents, um, because there, you, there, there's no judgment. It has to be that. Ah, um, stay alive for the people in the back. <laughs> this, is, this is a big one because it's really tough to do. And you are not able to give it to someone else yeah. if you still have judgment towards yourself. Mm. That's why if you go through the journey of healing, this is when you start seeing people. This is when I saw my kids in a completely different way. This is mm. when I saw my husband in a completely different way. And I was looking at human beings in general in a completely different way. 
And there was something before that stopped me, and that was judgment. We are mm. very judgmental towards ourselves, towards what we think, uh, what we do, how we feel. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. And that journey of healing, and this is when I speak to parents, is so important. If you want to improve connection with your teen, start working on yourself. This is going to change everything around you. I really went through that journey and that was beautiful and powerful. And it wasn't about me forcing anything around me. It was just, I was a completely different person. And that energy really, um, it just happened that the, the different energy is vibrating in, in my family. And yeah. it's just a completely different feeling. I love that. Especially, I mean, healing... There is such a, I think, um, a misconception around the importance of healing. And one of the things I hear time and time again from people is that when a person is going through their journey of healing, they are often thought of as viewed as being selfish. But there is a huge difference between selfishness and self-care, right? So can you walk me through like what that looks like with you as you were going through that, that self-care, self-healing journey? You know what? I was actually one of these people. I felt like self-care, it's uh, very selfish because, you know, as a young mom, well, not young, but mom. <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> we're so young. <laughs> it was all about kids, right? And every time, whenever I wanted to do something for myself, it, I really felt that guilt, mm. but I really understand it in a completely different way. Uh, you are not able to give anything to anyone if you don't take care of yourself. Like you mm. have to have your cups full. And it's not really about, you know, doing makeup or like, you know, nails or anything like that. It's just really tuning in with your emotions, with your feelings, with what you really need and starting that relationship with yourself. And also, you know, later with in relationships, setting up boundaries and really be clear about, you know, who you are and what, what you are about and uh, what is okay with you, what is not okay with you. But if you don't have that sense of connection with yourself, it's extremely difficult to, to really communicate that with other people because there is a chaos in your head and you're not really sure about what it is. So I feel, and you also give that sense of safety to other people mm. because they really know, um, you know, what's Justina is about, what Emma is about, and it feels safe. Yeah, yeah. You brought up a really key word just then, boundaries. Mm. I love boundaries. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant topic that we do not, I think, um, emphasize enough, especially when it comes to raising young people. Um, but, you know, you, you also brought up the point of having boundaries as a parent. What do you find are some of the, um, the differences or the difficulties, rather, when it comes to supporting a parent to establish boundaries? compared to supporting a young person as they start to explore what boundary setting looks like? So it's a little bit different for a parent and for a teen because mm -hmm. teen is going through the, you know, years of exploration. Who am mm -hmm. I? What am I like, right? And uh, the teenager is kind of on a journey of learning that. And I'm not saying it stopped there because even me in my 40s, <laughs> I was still discovering who I am. And it could also change within the time, right? But I think the most important thing is like really checking 
with yourself, checking with your body because you know your mind, your your emotions, your uh, uh, everything is connected. So mm. it, sometimes it's like this intuition, especially if you have a good relationship with yourself, you sense things. There is no need to say anything. You know what's right, what's not right for you, and you just kind of trust it. Um, mm. and, but that's when, when, when that relationship, beautiful relationship with yourself, it's formed. I love that. I love that. Let's take a step back. You started as a, well, you went from marketing, which is wild. <laughs> Um, and you moved to the States and you got into teaching high school? Well, I started in middle school, but I was okay. always curious about high school. Yeah. So after four years of doing middle school, um, I started working as a high school teacher and I knew that was it. That was the place for me. And to be honest with you, like, especially when I was going through my journey of healing, that was the only space that I, I actually feel like really safe, really comfortable. Just it was like, I don't know. I, I love the authenticity of teenagers. They're yeah. so authentic. And uh, if you actually like if they feel safe with you, it's, they're so, it's so easy to work with them. And yeah. I know what you know people say about working with teenagers, but I completely disagree with that. And if you look at them with kind of like a paper on their forehead, make me feel important. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Definitely something that they value and that they appreciate because they don't have much of that in their lives. Mm. They have so many forces like, you know, teachers, parents, uh, you know, everybody telling them what to do, not in a lot of space to kind of you know, figure out for the for themselves like what they like, what they don't, and yeah. uh, learning through little mistakes. And um, you know, that's that's how every journey is, right? I I love that. <laughs> Can we all please start walking around with stickers on our foreheads saying "Make me feel important, please"? That that's brilliant. With regards to feeling authentic or or being authentic, rather. What in in the years that you have been doing this work? Because I I totally agree with you. I think teenagers have this innate sense to feel responsible about being authentic. It's almost like a big f you if you're not authentic, right? Like this is who I am, like a lump it type thing. And at some point, we're either teaching them to stifle that or we're teaching them to redirect their energy in something that is more palatable maybe for a society. What is it in your um, mind that sort of really like shifts people's focus from be showing up authentically and being unapologetic about the, you know, badass selves to then b growing into adults who want to be cookie cutter and want to fit in and want to, you know, work the 95 and not, not cause any trouble. Well, like what, what is like, what's that moment? Do you think? I think, um, in relationship with other people, we spoke about boundaries before, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes it's very uncomfortable to be who you are because you may think that you may hurt that person. Right. Mm. Uh, you also, um, you, you are afraid to be who you are because you feel like you may be judged. There is uh, a lot of, a lot of that. And, um, but being authentic, it's basically 
standing up for yourself and be true to that something, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've been in a situation when I, in order for me to be authentic and, you know, during conversation, I knew that the person who is listening to me may not be ready for this, Mm -hmm. but I felt it's still fair for that person to really hear what I'm saying rather than not mentioning anything and then um, expecting things to happen. This never really works. So it's really hard to do that because, uh, you know, it involves our emotions, uh, but it's really rewarding at the end. Mm-hmm. What are some life hacks that you can recommend for somebody? Like, let's say that I'm super shy, super awkward and super unsure of myself. Let's just pretend. <laughs> I know that, that, yeah, that's not me at all, but please humor me. Um, okay, so if I was come to you and I'm feeling like the, the world is ending, um, I'm, I've, I'm coming up with this big uh, interaction with somebody that I'm not looking forward to, let's say it's my mother, um, what would be some, some tips, some life hacks that you can recommend when it comes to giving myself permission to set those boundaries, to be authentic, and to help me be okay with being me? Uh, when it comes to conversation with parents, like when you speak about that, um, definitely it has to be right timing because I mm. I feel like a lot of times, you know, this conversation just happened at the wrong moment and it's a lot of uh, reacting rather than responding to the situation and it comes from the two ends. So finding that right moment to have that conversation and really knowing what is it that you want to communicate. And mm. um, coaching does a great job like for preparing for something like this. I've worked with students um, who struggle with being who they are in front of their parents. Mm-hmm. They have really easy time sharing things with me. And what they say is because you don't judge, it's hard to talk to a parent because there is like emotional baggage there, right? Mm, so right. Dynamic. So uh, it takes, I feel like it takes preparation for, for having that brave um, conversation, especially that with teens. Like you may think that, you know, like they, they always want to do opposite of whatever parents they say, but really deeply, truly in their heart, they all want their parents' approval. They mm-hmm. all want to do, and I feel like sometimes even that it's a bigger problem, uh, that they do things to make their parents happy. Um, Mm, yeah I I, I see a lot of that as well yeah it's it's really important for us to harness you know young people to find their own internal validation right recognizing that I think I'm dope therefore I'm dope I don't need to get somebody else's somebody else's approval even even though it would be nice to you know have mom and dad you know (laughs) approve of what we do when you um when you got into youth coaching did you go straight into sort of creating a, because you've got a three-month program, right? Was mm-hmm, that yes. like the, the first thing that you sort of, you're like, okay, we're going to do this three-month program and that's it. How does how does it work with, you know, with so, your coaching for you? At the beginning, I, you know, I want transformation. I don't want just the change because change, it's just for some time, right? And in order to go through transformation, that that really requires deep work. 
really diving deep into your emotions and into mm. your thoughts. Uh, so like when you look at the problems that teenagers struggle with, these are not just a, like a surface problem. The, the problems are connections, you know, lack of safety, feeling I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. And this is where, where I go with my teenagers because that's the core. That's something that needs to be shifted. And uh, I experimented at the beginning, you know, how much time would be, uh, you know, the best. I know that, you know, the longer you stay with a coach, the better. Like I have coached for myself and that's something that really, um, I feel like it, it really pushes me to, to mm-hmm. be the best version of myself. Um, but my, my package that I offer, it's uh, three months, uh, three, 12 weeks. Sometimes it's like spread more, uh, but it's 12 weeks of intense work of diving deep into what's, what's there. And of course, it starts with setting up the goals, what we want to work on, and uh, even taking an assessment that really kind of shows you on the paper, um, like, you know, you're, you're basically like how aware you are of who mm. you are and what's going on around you. And at the end, there is another assessment just kind of showing how your, your beliefs shifted. I love that. And that's like the three month program is specifically for the teenagers or for the parents or both or. So you see, like I designed two programs, one's for uh, teens and the other one for teens and moms, because I know uh, the more work the whole family do, the more healing in the family happens. Um, But even with just, you know, packages for teens, I spend a lot of time on talking to parents. I think it's crucial, um, you know, for me to be kind of like a, uh, someone who brings uh, peace, safety to the family, but communication, mm-hmm. it's the key. I, I think that's the most important thing, uh, communicating with parents, communicating with teens, and uh, I think that that makes even bigger difference. Mm. It's hard, I think, for a lot of parents to think about how, or to figure out rather, how to communicate with their children without judgment because mm-hmm. you know I think a lot of us when we have children go into it thinking okay these are the things that happened to me therefore I'm going to do differently than my parents therefore I'm going to bring all my baggage to the forefront when it comes to how I'm raising my children is there like a process that you can recommend for like especially when you talk about judgment right um what's what's been the process that you've seen with a lot of the parents you've worked with when it comes to encouraging them to step take their foot off the gas pedal when it comes to judging or 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 trying to apply too much pressure on their children and just letting them hear the kids with parents it's usually you know taking them back to their childhood and kind of explore their own um we all have some wounds we all have some scars Mm -hmm. some are smaller than than others but we all have it you don't have to go through like a trauma like a big trauma in order to have that Mm -hmm. so it's really important to look at from you know to look at your childhood and see what is that that you brought from there? What are the, some kind of patterns that you continue to see and really reflecting on that? And uh, because awareness, it's always the first step. If you're not aware, you will just, you know, 
of course you just continue uh, doing the same things from generation to generation so awareness it's uh, it's definitely the key and then the next one acceptance because i noticed like parents are uh, really tough on themselves like you're expecting these perfections that are just not reality like we are human beings we all have you know different uh, emotions so self-compassion i think it's the key uh, to bring that peace to the relationship with the team. I love that. I have a, a bit of a weird question for you, uh, if, if I may. <laughs> I mean, and it's from a from a cultural perspective because you know, obviously, you were born and raised in Poland, um, mm -hmm. and now you live in the United States, only a few hours away from me. Um, and I was born in New Zealand, so you know, I. I certainly see a, a distinct difference in cultural approaches to parenting, to um, education, to youth development work. What are some of the aspects to coming from Poland that you have found have been helpful to working with young people here in the States? Hmm. I was actually thinking opposite way because there were like a lot of things happening that I was really impressed uh, with what I saw here. Oh, okay. Was, yes, um, I feel like m my generation, not really what is happening right now because life in Poland right now is completely different uh, when I grew up in Poland. But uh, I remember like kids didn't have a lot of voice. We were not really like, you know, allowed to express our opinions, be who we really are, we, right. you know, we kind of were expected to, um, you know, just do whatever was asked from us. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like, you know, uh, the first classes here in the United States, uh, you know, just people raising their hands, sharing their opinions, ideas. It was like, ooh, that's so cool. Like I really was impressed with that. <laughs> used to that and plus i was a very shy girl so like for me even though i had great ideas for me to be able to share them wasn't easy like i really had to do work on myself in order to to to, to change this yeah yeah finding your voice is so such a key thing when it comes to being a teenager especially mm -hmm. i mean I, I've, I've not been to poland like i was saying before we got on this call you know my my ex-housemate was from poland but um i've never had the privilege of visiting um, unfortunately but i feel like every country i've visited it's been over and over in every state i visited it's been over and over again young people need an outlet to feel heard they need an outlet to be able to find their voice to recognize the power of that voice to recognize that the, the, their voices has value um and one of the things that I think is really quite cool about what you do is you offer young people not just one-on-one -on -one coaching so that they get that one-on-one -on -one validation and, and you know, love and support, but also you do group coaching with your teenagers, which I find curious because I feel as if there's this um, mindset that when teenagers get together, there is more judgment, more, you know, pressure more bullying potentially you know how do you navigate that space you're shaking no, your think, head <laughs> you're like nope <laughs> i think this is like a huge power even like you know my base when i was working as a teacher 
we had such a powerful conversation. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have that one person to, who gives her or himself permission to share, then it's just like contagious. Like it's, it's such yeah. a beautiful like space when, when people really value what they are saying, they're listening to each other. And the most important thing, I think that's what it is. Like, you know, when we go through things, we, we just hide and we go through that experience um, by ourselves. And just being in a group, it's so powerful because it shows you like, hey, I'm not the only one dealing with that. There's also a lot of um, joy and love. And that really, that, that's opposite to trauma. Like, you know, when you, when you do these things, you have a good laugh with someone. That, that makes such a important connections. And I think yeah. that's what it is. I feel like we just need more connections for, uh, for teens when they feel like I'm part of it. I belong here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm part of something bigger. This, that's very inspiring and I feel like not only for teenagers but for for all of us yeah no I, I you're reminding me a couple of weeks ago I had the honor of uh, facilitating a songwriting workshop for a group of teenagers with hydrocephalus which is the same neurological condition that I have and you know again I think people people have this tendency to think teenagers and trauma getting them together what a stupid idea but laughter that sense mm-hmm. of connection and that identity and you know, being able to identify with one another, so beautiful. Have such a powerful um, resource that I think we really, we tend to look at the negative potentiality as opposed to how we can actually direct that energy positively. I think that's, that's so beautiful. You also have a, a two daughters yourself, correct? What does it say again? You also have two daughters yourself. Yes, I do. But they're little, they're seven and four. Gosh. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel that your your coaching is feeding into your parenting life? <laughs> That's funny actually, because you know, we in our house we really spend a lot of time on talking about emotions, feelings, and I feel my my girls are very mature when it comes to, you know, finding out who they are. But there are moments when my seven-year-old is telling me, like, mommy, I don't want you to be my coach right now. I want you to be my mommy. So I think sometimes um, sometimes I just, uh, you know, try. I, I guess trying too much, I don't know. But, uh, but she's very aware of that, and she tells me. So I, I definitely respect um, when we talk about different things. Uh, but it's interesting. Like I feel the most important thing for me when it comes to my parenting, it's the work that I did on myself. I think that's the, the power of how I am with them. I'm really, because of that work, that's why I always encourage parents, because of that work, I'm really able to see them differently. And I remember the days when I wasn't able to do that. So that's mm-hmm. why it's like such a gift. And so like I, I really am so passionate about this because I, I went through this and I see it and uh it's so powerful to change these beliefs that we have and uh that are not really serving us and it just takes one person to really do a deep work to give our kids something better than you know that we receive from our parents i love that i love that so much you really are a testament to somebody who is doing your bliss doing living your purpose unapologetically leading by example and and you know serving with with an open hand um and an open heart which i i just i 
if I was wearing a hat, I would take it off. Um, you know, I, I love what you're doing, Jacina. I, I really appreciate, you know, the the passion that you're that you're bringing up, you know, to the young people of New York City and and beyond. Um, people can get in touch with you, obviously, through Facebook and also through LinkedIn. Uh, but also, you have a website, JustinaBronski.com, correct? Yes, that's my yes. website, JustinaBronski.com. Fantastic. You are a certified teen life coach. You are all about helping mothers reconnect with their children or teenagers rather, um, specifically their teenage daughters. And you're doing it with, you know, with such an open heart. Um, is there anything in particular that you wish anybody watching this right now could leave knowing? I think one thing, there was this moment when there was a lot of negative emotions in me, a lot of um a lot of negativity in, in a sense like uh, guilt, shame. And somebody said, I don't remember who said that. Someone said, if you really have a hard time with these negative um, thoughts, find something. Hold on. Yeah, I need a second. <laughs> find something that you are so passionate about that it's going to be greater than that pain that you feel. Mm. And this is really something that shifted my life uh, because I felt like I was in a victimhood, you know, feeling like a victim of life, not being able to move on. And when I really focused my, my energy, my... Um, my thoughts towards helping others, that really was something powerful. That's something that really took away from, from what I was struggling with. And I find it like super powerful. And I also find it so healing yeah. to be the person who's helping others because not only they benefit from it, but I really like, I'm so grateful for every single journey that I have with every single teenager because it, it really kind of brings me home it yeah. gives me the, the peace that it's something that I always wanted I love that knowing your why is so important and I'm so glad that we're in the same why saving the world <laughs> one teenager for me it's one song <laughs> at a time <laughs> um, fantastic thank you thank you thank you so much to you know for your time for your expertise for your love for your smile for your passion uh justinabronski.com if you are interested in working with her finding out more about what she does and how you can get involved as a mother of a teenager or if you're a teenager watching this and you want to tell your mother hey we got some work that needs to be done this is your girl so uh <laughs> thank you guys everybody again for tuning in for the last episode of this season of the reconnect with the teenager podcast my name is Emma G, and of course, if you are watching this, you already know that this is brought to you by the iRant Network, of course, with thanks to the wonderful members of my Patreon community, Emma G Nation. Until next season, friends, be kind, be good, stay out of trouble, spread love like it's going out of fashion, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> Breaking in the headspace. 
Trying to get my feelings straight. I don't want all my mistakes. I turn one into one. So hard to stay sober. I'm damaged and I'm love stone. So hard to remain in control. You're writing what I thought I'd know. And I'm drinking it in. But the lesson they know about I can almost pinpoint where we went wrong. I'm not about the sad songs. The foundation said I'm good to go. No matter what comes my way, I'll be smiling every step I take. I'm a legend, make no mistake, that I'm living proof of love wins. No matter what the future holds, I'm here and I'm not letting go. I'm a legend, baby, you should know, that I'm living proof of love wins. Living proof that love wins. Who I used to be, but I'm not going down quietly. I know I create my destiny when it's bright as light. The evergreen knows it. I left behind the what if. I broke up with the negative. I'm flirting with abundance and I'm drinking it in. My purpose is magic. And I can almost pinpoint where my love began. I'm so glad that I know who I am. Cause I'm a woman, ha, I'm not a man. Whoa. No matter what comes my way, I'll be laughing every step I take. I'm a legend, make no mistake. I'm living proof that love wins. No matter what the future holds, I'll be hearing I'm not letting go. I'm a legend, baby, you should know. I'm living proof that love wins. I'm living proof that love wins. Living proof that love wins. I'm 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 living proof that love wins.